Okay, we have a nice word in Parshas Vayakel. At the beginning of the Parsha, we have the we have we have Melech Hamishkan and Shmir Shabbos, right? So it's Pakant the Chazal teaches why why Shabbos is put near 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 Binyan Hamishkan. But I'm just going to say a word from the Eilig Rishon. The Rishon says a word to explain the connection between Binyan Hamishkan and Shabbos, which, like I said, Chazal already given an answer, but it's obviously another explanation. With the Achremers, he says that what was the Mishkan? The Mishkan was taking a bunch of material things, right? Same from the material world, as well of case of Nechoshes, gold, silver, copper materials, right? All the all the wool and whatever it was, and making a Mishkan out of it, turning things that are mundane, turning things that are chil, chal, and turning it into a shushashchina, turning it into a place where, where Hashem could dwell, and turning it into kedusha. He says that's so similar to what Shabbos is all about. It's interesting because Shabbos, sometimes we see Shabbos as a seven day of the week, so there's six days and then there's seven days, like two separate things, but really that's not what it is. Shabbos is called Chemdas Yomim. Shabbos is the, the chosen day of all the days. In other words, all the days produce a Shabbos, right? It's a connection. So when you use the, the days that are mundane and that are, that are you, you use the world and you elevate the world when you're doing the, the typical maluchas, the typical things that you do using this world, that's what brings about a Shabbos. So Shabbos is again a, a, an example of we are doing, doing the simple things doing simple things, the push the malucha. You're doing it with a with a good intention, with a good kavuna, that turns everything that turns this the seven day into a Shabbos and makes it um Hashem. And he says that the same thing is true when a person has good intentions with with things that he does when it comes to Maisa, when it comes to action, when it comes to simple things that all automatically elevates a person's machshavas, his thoughts. In other words, just like just like the, the simple days elevate the holy day and the simple things elevate the a holy place same thing is within a person himself the simple things that he does elevates how he thinks and, 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 it, and it changes him now he says what happens it's hard to find a person who's doing everything with Shem a person do everything with the right intentions and, and that's what's going to elevate him it's very hard to find someone like that you have within the crowd you have some people that are doing things that are doing you have someone who's learning the right way and somebody who's diving the right way you have somebody who's eating the right way and making money the right way it's very hard to find all within one person someone who's doing everything right and that's why Klaus all gets together. So I'm just interrupting for a second because it's a little confusing. It sounds like what he meant to say, what the vision means to say is that when everyone gets together, automatically when you combine all those people, that's when you get a group, uh, you know, a collective good intention and everything. But he ends off saying that within the big group you'll find someone who does have all the good intentions on his own as well. So I don't know if that's a contradiction or he means both points. But Vayakal Moshe was the idea of getting everyone together because when everyone gets together, that's when on a personal level you will have the there's Allah's, the Chshivas of real Hashem Shemayim. So, again, I, he doesn't add the point, but I think what he also needs to say is that it's an idea of Oilem Shun and Nefesh, right? Api Kabula, we know in, in Kabula is the Indian of, of time, space, and, and Nefesh, and soul. Everything, is, everything in the world is, is divided up into those three categories. So the Mishkan was more in like Mukam, right? In the physical place, in space, you have the things that are mundane, and then you have a holy place. Right? Like Mukam. Then you have the same thing as Man. You have the push the days, the simple days, then you have the the Heidegger took from Shabbos. And the same thing is by Nefesh. When, when people are together, that's what elevates people by Nefesh and it brings about um, Kedisha. Now, again, I always come up with my own connection when it comes to these things. And I'll tell you what, what, what this made me think about was that it seems, it seems, that the Ibishta understands, Kaviyuchu, that even when it comes to doing things with Shem Shemayim, which we're obligated to do, right? We should be doing everything with the right intention. And everyone should be doing it all on their own. And they shouldn't have to be able to get together and, you know, fill in for each other. But sometimes we understand that people can't do it. Someone on his own, if he's not a big tzaddik, he won't be doing everything right. He just, he doesn't have it. So what do we do? 
do we demand more of him and be upset at him why his intentions aren't great or we say you know what get together with more people you know you have this good part that person has that good part and, and sometimes we can't be judged by our intentions and how much more so when it comes to relationships how, how often do we want someone else to have all the good intentions we want someone else to have all the good you should be doing everything right and thinking the right thing and feeling the right way it doesn't work like that people are people there's only so much you can demand of a person you can demand people to do the right things that yeah, but when it comes to intentions and Shem Shemayim, that's when it gets a little harder. So I think sometimes um, we just have to be a little more understanding of each other and understanding of each other's shortcomings. And if the Irish can understand that we don't always get it right and sometimes we have to fill in for each other, how much more so do we have to do that you know, for, for ourselves and our spouse and our children? Understand that maybe this person is uh, just not getting it all right. So I think it just makes, makes us more accepting and tolerant. So I think that's the lesson we can use. So let me read a long letter. It's actually a stick of feedback from a shir, but I didn't mention it in my feedback shir, but I, I wanted to give the topic a little more attention. Okay. I'm an avid listener to Yushiura. I don't think I've missed a week, and I've really gained an entire new perspective on many different topics. So thank you very, very much. May Hashem repay you for all your kindness and time that you invest in His children and grant you many blessings. Okay, thank you so much, and oh my. If possible, I'd like to pose two questions. Okay, so I'm only reading one this week. I'm not looking to disagree with you at all. In general, I'm always quoting you to people around me. I'm just asking as this is a topic that comes up a lot, and I genuinely want to understand it. Regarding the shear of Pashas Vayashev, you started out saying that many times the issues come from, a fact, from the fact that there's no ahava between couples, right? There's a lack of ahava, a lack of love, and that's why there's an issue coming up. Um, because when you have ahava, you're more forgiving and happier to cater to, to a person that you're feeling ahava towards. Yet at the same time, at the end of the shear, the last question, where they're asking about allowing one spouse to take care of themselves and go on vacation themselves, and isn't it better to take care of each other and not coexist as roommates? And there you stress that it's not that you're not connected, it's sometimes healthy for each other to do their own thing, and it shouldn't be a problem, right? Sometimes you just have to give each other space, and you don't have to do everything together, and, and, and people can do things separately. Don't these two concepts contradict each other? Isn't the reason people want their spouse to want to join them in their activities or vacation coming from a need for ahava? Meaning, yes, two people remain two people, but as you said earlier in the shir, the issue stems from a lack of ahava. Isn't more than understandable that if your spouse won't join you in a vacation that it's coming from a lack of a habit? Why then would you suggest that it's fine to coexist in such a manner? Isn't it better to strive toward a relationship where although one spouse may not necessarily want the same vacation, yet because it's the spouse they're going with, they'll be excited to join? In other words, sometimes just the fact that we're loving of each other will want us to do more together, even if we're not interested. So, so what, what, what this question is saying, I'll just read on. I think it's... it's, it's Simple. Um, you say, don't get lost on the fact that when he wants to do his own thing, he can have Marv, you don't need to join him. Correct, if it's Marv. But if he's just going on his vacation and she on hers, and we're talking about emotional, st- emotionally strong people, somewhere down the line it's going to explode. Because an emotional person wants to feel that I have it from their spouse, that won't come from each doing their own thing. The reason it's so bothersome is because it's not my roommate, it's my spouse. So no, he doesn't have to like the foods I eat, but shouldn't we try to reach... Some resolve in the way we want to raise our kids or in the way we relate to all things about Yiddishkeit. And yes, even on the vacations we go. A couple that keeps on doing their own vacation won't have a significant relationship. I know a couple that's like that, married for over 30 years, still going on their own vacations, but they're nothing but roommates. Neither one of them is a very emotional person, so I guess for strictly logical natures it would work. But this won't work for emotional people, as you stated, the root of the issue is lack of a hava. So I guess the question is when there are two different people that, would, that want to strive for a hava, won't it be better to push themselves out of their comfort zone and delve comfort zones and delve into the spouse's space and try out their vacations and opinions even when for your own self you wouldn't do it but you'll do it just because this is someone that you want should feel loved okay I think the question is pretty clear right in other words and, and, and I, don't, I don't think she's this question is even looking to disagree oh I said she okay I'm assuming it's a she I don't know why um, I don't think the question is looking to disagree as much as point out that you know these, these, seem, these are seemingly contradicting ideas one is that you know it's okay 
we don't have to always be connected and you, it's okay to coexist and, and give each other space. On the other hand, you know, if problems are coming from a lack of Ahava, then maybe this is also another problem that's coming from a lack of Ahava, the fact that we don't want to do everything together. Now, okay, I'm going to try to cover this a little quickly. Um, first of all, she started off saying that I'm not looking to disagree with you at all. In general, I'm quoting you. I just, again, I, I always pick up on those, on those nuances. I have no problem with anyone disagreeing with me. And I mean it. And nothing I say in the Shir is anything more than my opinion. And it's also nothing more than my understanding of the, of the, uh, or how I interpret a question. And the reason why I'm, I'm clarifying this is because if I would have to say an opinion that I felt nobody could disagree on, and it's the ultimate truth, and it's always answering the situation and the question being addressed, then I would, I would need a lot more time and a lot more research and a lot more detective work and a lot more uh, thought and preparation to come up with the right answer. You want to come up with the right answer. I, I don't do that. I, I'm sure as most people know. I just suggest ideas and I discuss topics and, and you know... Everyone can feel free to disagree, and, and, and I, I mean it when I say that. Now, another point that I, I did want to make, and that is I, I've been getting a few, um, I don't know if it's even appropriate to say this, but I've been getting a few comments lately about my ideas being more pro-men than pro-women, even though it's very subtle, people tell me, but uh, I seem to have a good understanding of men, and, and sometimes I, I, I no. sort of side with men and, 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 and not with women, and all I could say is that, aside from the Torah um, promoting men's rights, right, it's not me, this is the Torah that uh, Hashem gave it at Sinai, uh, nothing to do with me, but aside from the Torah promoting men's rights in many situations, I have nothing personal involved over here, and I think that I would answer this question, for example, the same way if it was a man or a woman asking the question. I think most questions, most questions are like that. So unless there's something specific that I mention that the Torah... Um, specifies that a woman's money belongs to her husband, which is nothing, I didn't decide that on my own, and has nothing to do with what goes on in my family, it's just simply the Torah idea, and the same thing with, with other ideas of, of respect and things like that. But I think in general, I, I think most questions would be answered the same way if it was coming from a man or a woman, and I think this one as well. So I'm just mentioning that. So yes, if something's Torah-dick, then it's not a question, and anyone that's not acknowledging what the Torah is saying is definitely already off. But other than that, you know, I think when it comes to relationships and people understanding each other and giving each other space or, or catering to each other's needs, I, I think that that's not a men-women um, equation at all. I think that when it comes to business partners, for example, where both are men or both are women, I think, it's, I think it's really the same. Now, okay, enough with the introductions. A few points I'd like to mention that I think are relative to, to, to this, that, that are relevant to this um, discussion here like this. First is the idea of no extremes. And uh, we talk about it often, and it's, it's important to address here again. They're, they're no, let's stay away from extremes, which means, even if we would see, right, ahava and love and connection on one side of the equation, and giving people space and individuality on the other side of the equation, seeing that as two extremes, and now it's either or, is never going to work. Right? It's a rambam, going You don't want to do things on an extreme. So, if anyone feels that being loving means doing everything together, Right, except Marev, okay, that was you know, but but doing everything together and trying to do everything together and, and working to, to get toward get, get doing everything together out of love, it, it's usually not the way to go. And, and the same thing is the other way around. Seeing things as it's okay, you do yours, I do mine. Okay, we, unless we really have to, we're going to just live separately and not bother each other and give each other a lot of space. Obviously, when you go extreme, you, you you usually miss something. So it's always about understanding ideas and knowing how to not get stuck in either one and know when to apply which and and know that they usually coexist and, and like I said, gravitating the ideas coexist, not people and gravitating toward one or the other is, is usually unhealthy now let's do another point of that to assume that the idea of ahava love and connection and feeling is an extreme, in other words even taking that to an extreme and assuming that that would mean that we now do everything together is also wrong let's, let's avoid extremes 
even out of loving someone very much, doesn't mean you smother them or, or have to always be near them or on top of them, right? It, it's usually uh, very wrong. It, it, is, it is precisely a have that allows you to feel for someone and respect them and give them their space. So that's, that's also an important point. You should never see the need for individuality and space or respecting someone's individuality and space, right, and, and, and uniqueness and whatever it is, um, you should never see that as, as, as a contradiction in the first place to Ahava. Ahava is not an extreme idea. Ahava en- en- encompasses very many ideas that, it, that allows you to do for someone that you love. And we see with children, for example, right? You love your child, but you don't give him everything he wants because it's part of your Ahava to him. Now, I know that there's the Chesed and the Gvira involved, but I mean to say both, are, both could very nicely be part of Ahava. Um, so that's, that's also something very important to understand. Uh, on a similar note, there are also more ideas aside from Ahava or the lack of Ahava. In other words, that's another thing I want to I stay away from the extremes. In other words, don't see it just as two, there are two ideas. There's Ahava and there's the lack of Ahava. Or there's the Ahava and the need for space. There are many other things. In other words, even if it's not the Ahava that's, that's telling you to give someone else space, right? But it doesn't have to be the lack of Ahava. It could be a lot of other things. It could be a husband doesn't want to come with you on a vacation because of his standards, because of the financials, because of his schedule, because of his commitment, because of his taste. So, so even though he, there's the huge amount of Ahava that would want him to join you, but there's other things involved that aren't necessarily a contradiction to Ahava. It just has nothing to do with Ahava. So that's, that's also something very, very important to take into account and not get black and white and say, well, you either do or don't love me. There's nothing, there's nothing, where does that come in? There's other things involved. So that's also something that, um, yeah. Now, now, now I, I will say another thing, and that is where sometimes people look at other couples, which the questioner mentioned something about another couple, right? And it's not always a good idea to look at other couples, um, but I know that sometimes you will notice that somebody is doing something in a way that, wow, makes you drool. They're always together, and they're always doing together, and they're always everything. It might not necessarily be only because the level of a habit of that couple is much bigger than yours. So let me explain. It could be either because they're very similar in personality and they might much like the same things, they have the same taste, and they might always be eating the same flavor ice cream because that's what they like. Or it might be because one of them is making the other do it. And that you see often. You see a couple where somebody's controlling the other one. So not always is it something to be even jealous of in the first place. And not always is it something that you can compare to your own situation. So that's also something very important to point out. And I should probably be a little more elaborate on that, but I, I won't. I'm going further because of time constraints. Okay. Now, let's, let's go back another minute and talk about extremes over here, because the vacation example that I gave might be, for some people, extreme, might not. But for some people, it might be a little extreme, like, hey, a vacation, you go twice here on vacation, you don't want to go with your spouse. Now, in some families, it's normal. Um, she goes with her friends to Florida, and he, and he goes with his business associates, sometimes it's not normal. But that was a pretty extreme example. All I meant to say was that even when it comes to going on vacation, which, which usually is something that people go on with a spouse, even that could be done separately with all the good feeling, and, and we'll take walks at night together, and we'll do other things, but a vacation, you know, you have your thing, I have my thing, it doesn't work for me to schedule, that, and we'll do that separately, even that can be done separately. But to look at it like, okay, Marav, 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 I understand, that's also extreme, only Marav, I mean, even to just mention this example is a little comical, because the, the fact that your husband goes to Marav without you is not because we give each other space, I mean, it's just because he buttons his shirt on himself as well, and not on you, it's just, it's just technical, I mean, people... And people breathe for themselves as well. They don't breathe for you. So going to Marv, I don't see as the example of giving someone space. So if anyone thinks I'm giving my husband space, I let him go to Marv. You know, that's not either. So, so let's stay away from vacations or Marv. Understand there's a lot of things in the middle that could definitely use um, some clarification. Now, I, I want to say another thing, and that is that I was talking to someone recently, and, you know, he could use a shidduch, and he has a lot of fear and hesitation why he can't get married and a lot of the typical that a lot of people that get older and hesitate before making decisions about marriage do and one of them was that I'm afraid of feeling restricted when I get married now I'm alone I can do whatever I want 
when I'm married, I, there's a lot of restriction. Now, there's a lot of different ways to look to answer that, that, that fear, or to deal with that fear. One is by understanding that restriction is healthy. Restriction is healthy for people, and if you're not restricted, then you, you know, you're not living a structured life. So it's, it's healthy to know that, that um, your, your meals have a schedule, and that your finances are limited, and everything. Restrictions are healthy for people, so being restricted in a relationship is not, is not bad. On the other hand, it's, it's true that there's that stereotypical restriction that's not healthy. If you're afraid that getting married means that you're going to be doing everything the way someone else wants, or only what someone else wants, that's a problem. So if anyone is living that marriage that others are, fear, are, are afraid of having, they should know that that's wrong. It's wrong. It's okay to remain an individual and have your own ideas even when you're married to someone. So that's definitely something that... Um, again, all I was trying to bring up now that, up until here is that there's no extremes. No extremes. You could love someone and need your space. You could love someone and give space. You could love someone and, understand, and have other things involved, etc. So that, that's, that's just something to put into perspective and I hope that, that offers some, some food for thought you know, to answer the question. Now, when it comes to love, ahava, Right, and it's something I mentioned in the beginning about intention. There's only so much you can control about yourself or about someone else, for sure. Um, not, I, I don't recall saying, and I, w- I want to emphasize this because I, I think it wasn't misquoted, but I just want to emphasize it. When you say that problems arise because of the lack of a habit, does that mean that okay, so work on that habit now you'll have it, and now all problems will be resolved? I don't think so. Not always is that possible. Not always is that possible. When, in other words, when somebody's complaining about someone else, and you say, you know, there's a lack of a habit, go home. Make a have and then come back. We'll see if it's still a problem. That's, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, there are things you could do to 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 increase a have, but not always. In other words, not. My point, I think, was that sometimes when you when you're upset about something, just acknowledging that it's not what's being done. It's the fact that I don't like this person so much that's making me so irritated. That that understanding, that acknowledgement, is 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 a, is a big benefit. When somebody realizes that, stop getting caught into what someone said or did. It's not what it is. When your brother says that it doesn't bother you so much, it's that you don't have such feeling for this person. So maybe, maybe there's something else to do, or not to do, but, but not to get upset and use against someone something that's not really the issue. That was my point more. So acknowledging that certain things are bothering you and you're not accepting because there's a lack of ahava, that's a help to understand that, but not necessarily could you do something about it. And certainly not to use it against someone else. Well, if you would have more ahava, then you'd come with me, and therefore, therefore come with me, or therefore have ahava... You have to understand that. That sometimes there is, a, 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 for, for many reasons, and there's things you could do about it, um, there, there are things you could do to increase a have, but not always could you, could, you, could you just make things happen. And that's why sometimes you'll have to do things contrary to how you feel. So anyone using as an excuse, I don't do this because I don't love my life, which I do, I don't, it's just how it is, that's not an excuse. You have to do things even if it's not the way you feel. But to use against someone something like, oh, because you don't feel, I think you should start feeling, you know, that's... that's um, now sometimes it's normal, sometimes, sometimes no. there are people that are less attracted, more attracted, there are people that are more loving, less loving, there are other things involved, and there are a lot of things that can be addressed to better a relationship, but not to hang on to the fact that there should be, and there isn't, and this is how it should be, or because it's not, that's why I'm not going to, that's not something you want to you go. Now, now let me just get to the, to the last point of this, and I hope that we're going to uh, cover a lot of different ideas that will be helpful for somebody that's feeling um, similar questions. It often depends on who's asking the question. Okay, and, and let me let me. I know it's not fear, but let me let me explain what that means. If somebody would ask me the question, my wife wants to go on a certain vacation. I really don't like it. It's not what pulls me. Should I go anyway? The answer might be, yeah, go, go. Show her that you want to have a, a good time with her. Show her that you just care about spending time with her. Show her that you care for her to have a good time. Eh, that's what it is. You'll go a different time. You'll, you'll make yourself happy another way, maybe. But if somebody's asking a question, I want to go on a vacation. My husband doesn't like it. Doesn't he have to come along with me? The answer is no. He doesn't have to come along with you. So if you're, if you're the one asking the question, and the question is, um, could I pull my husband to come with the answer? No, let, let him live. 
and give him a space and don't use against him the fact that he doesn't love you enough to want to join you on vacation that he doesn't like. I mean, he's afraid of heights. You're going on roller coasters. He doesn't have to want that. So if he's asking me, I might tell him to try it anyway and push himself and make you feel good. But if you're asking the question, then the answer is no. Now, is that fear? Well, because he didn't ask the question? Yeah, that's how it works. It's all about what you could do. So if you want to know if, if your husband has to push himself out of his comfort zone to yours, no, he doesn't have to. If you want to know if you should push yourself out of your comfort zone to his, and again, it's not because it's a man-woman thing. It's because if a person asking, should I push myself out of my comfort zone? I think you should, or often. Do I have to? No, you don't have to. If my wife is making me, should I? Oh, she's making me, then maybe you shouldn't. Somebody's making you do something, and you're going to allow it to happen. Maybe, maybe you'll be teaching them that it's okay to control you. So that's also something to think about. So it often does... does um, you know, and I'll give you another, and another thing that I think I mentioned earlier. I'll just say it again now. Should I behave contrary to how I feel? If I'm not feeling so loving towards someone, should I still be nice to them? Oh, of course. Right? Because you're asking the question. Now, if somebody else asks a question, somebody's not being so nice to me, um, I think he doesn't love me. So, so now what's your question? Does he have to? I don't know. I mean, you can make someone do something. What, what you might want to do is, uh, you might want to make someone love you. You want to might find out what you could do to have someone care more about you. It doesn't justify that if he's doing an avla, but I mean to say that, you know, you, it, might, it might be something to think about. Why? why? And I ask this to people often. You're right, he would, he would do something for his brother before he does it for you. Is it right of him? No. If you would ask me if he should, would I tell him it's okay? No. Why? Think about it. What could you do to make yourself as um, uh, compelling to do someone a favor as his brother? Could it be that his brother asks nicer? Or his brother tells him when he needs help, he doesn't wait for him to get it on his own? Or his brother actually thanks him when he helps him? What do you mean I have to tell him? I mean, you don't have to do anything, but it's something to think about. So if you're the one asking if if you could demand of someone to behave differently than they feel, then maybe you stop demanding and, and, and try to see what you could do to make them feel. So that's also something um, that, that you might want to think about. I mean, yes, everyone has the right to their own individuality, and you don't want to smother that. So if you want to know if you could give away from yours, yes. If you want to take away from someone else's, no. So I think that also um, balances a little the, the equation. Now, and sometimes, that, you know, sometimes you don't turn around the question. Why can't he come with me if it means so much to me? Well, if he doesn't like it, why don't you stay home for him, right? Again, I'm not... I, I don't mean to take sides, I mean to point out how the same question could be asked two ways, and very often it's only one person trying to get the other one to bend without realizing that maybe you should be bending and tolerating more as well. So it's not a question that you want to do whatever you could to make someone feel um, more comfortable. And saying, like I mentioned before, saying, I want him to get it on his own. I want him to want it on his own. That, that's wrong. Don't be so stubborn. But, but, but I want, but, but it's normal, but he should, but someone else did. Don't make that mistake. Stop using against people that they didn't get things or they don't feel things. Either help them feel or help them understand or choose to be resentful and angry and, and, not, and not let things work. So it's always good to see what you could do and stop judging people by their intentions or the lack of intentions or what they're feeling or thinking. Re- remember, people have their own space, their own opinions, their own feelings and that's definitely something to um, think about. Now, well, with all that said, yes, marriage does mean that you should be nice to people. You should try to go out of your comfort zone. I was recently, okay, I'll give a thank you to a good friend of mine that I met on tour any time from these classes, Vidali Arnstein. Okay, he was a commander in the Air Force, and he took me and my family, Shishan Peterm, to visit an army base. And when I was there, a lot, a lot of interesting things I saw there, maybe I'll, I'll mention a few in, in the upcoming uh, showroom. But one of the things I saw was that everyone was so respectful and so nice to each other. And it was very interesting. It was very interesting. Both the, both the people in the unit that we were visiting, the soldiers, uh, to each other, very respectful and very polite. And then to me and my family and my children, like, it was, it, was, it was interesting. They let my kids play with the radios and they showed them in the trucks and they, it was like, mom, interesting. And I mentioned it to him and my kids were also pretty, pretty amazed. You think you're soldiers, commanders, you think you're talking about tough guys. 
And they all noticed that, wow, they're so nice, Tati. And I mentioned it. I said, you know, they're so, they're so respectful and polite. He said, yeah, they have to be. Now, I don't mean to take it away from anyone, but the idea was that in the army you have to be like that. You can't, you can't behave any way you want. There's a commander, and there's, there's accountability, and there's a certain protocols, a certain way you have to behave. Now, it got me thinking, you know, if only people would understand that. Now, I know that in the army, if you do something wrong, you, know, you get punished for it, and you, can, you can't just do what you want, right? There's a certain, you signed up for this, you've got you to stick to the rules. If not, you're in trouble. But if only people would see that at home and say, you know what, I'm going to be nice. Why? Because you have to be. Because to get married and build the Yiddish Hashtib, you have to be. So again, could you demand it of someone else? Be nice, you have to be? No. But think about it sometimes on your own. Yes, I have a, and, and giving for someone, and even giving someone space, sometimes it's just because you have to. If you want to make your marriage work, this is what you have to do. And that's a lesson I think we could all learn. So I appreciate, and I say thank you online to Mr. Arnstein for giving me the opportunity to see that in real life. I think it's something we could all learn from. So that that when we give each other space, and we do understand each other, and we do whatever we could to be more loving and more understanding and more tolerating and more accepting all at the same time, I believe we could have very good relationships and live together.